Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verses 18 through 29. The title of this sermon is Uncovered and Drunk. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And it says, And Noah became to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. So Noah actually cultivated the land. And then for, for whatever reason, he grew grapes to eat and to drink, to make wine. And there are some that say that because of the atmospheric change that's in the, the earth now, that's why they didn't get drunk before. That's not true. Do not believe the theology. There's nothing that supports that. It says, Then he drank of the wine. Now, the first time we see the wine mentioned in the Bible and it's correlated and attached to sin. This is important for us as we look at this because the question that every Christian, and that's probably the number one question that pastors get asked most, and also when you go to a youth retreat, can I drink? Can I smoke weed? Can I do mushrooms? They're legal. Well, there's nothing wrong with wine. And there's truth in that because the scripture tells us that. And that's what we have to go by. There's two problems here that we'll see with the truth of wine. The first is, the truth is that you are not to be drunk of wine. Right? Because when you become a drunkard, that's when you fall into sin. You've had too much wine. And that's the same thing with weed. That's the same thing with, with mushrooms. If you're, if you're messing with your, your mind and you turn off those inhibitors, you, you're high, you're drunk, whatever. And it's easier for you to fall into sin. And can we drink wine? Well, the Bible never forbids us drinking wine. Why? Because Jesus made wine. Right? In John chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, it says, Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made uh, wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Jesus served wine at the Lord's Supper. Matthew 26, verse 27. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. 
Jesus passed it to the disciples. And he'll, he'll, he didn't have any more then, but he'll drink it when he gets to the kingdom of God. Right in Mark chapter 14, verse 25, Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day that I, when I drank it in the new kingdom of God. We know that wine is a blessing from God. In Deuteronomy 14, 26, And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen, for sheep, or sheep, for wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord our God, and you rejoice, you and your household. It's poured out as an offering in Numbers verses 28, verse 7. And it drank, and, and his drink offering shall be one-fourth of hen for each lamb. In a holy place you shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. Now there's plenty of scripture to justify wine or alcohol. And people will argue about this all the time. And it's sad because I see people who have more interest in this one question than they do about anything else in the Bible. Can I drink? And they want a definitive answer. And the definitive answer comes from you and God. If you've been convicted, then you shouldn't be doing it. In verse 21, it, it, it says that uh, in that verse, it says, Then he drank wine, and he was drunk, and he became uncovered in his tent. So we see there's an effect from him drinking. He had too much. Right? He didn't stop drinking. He was under the influence and became naked. He was beyond himself. He had no control over the alcohol. And now he's in sin. And this is the thing that you'll remember of Noah. And I can tell you from being, growing up with an alcoholic. Growing up with a generation of petites that were alcoholics. My grandmother and my grandfather. So all they did on the weekend was drink. My dad. My dad was an alcoholic until I was 18 years old. And not a happy one. That's when all of his feelings and emotions would come out when the alcohol was poured. So when I read, and it's very important when you read this, this scripture, is that you catch the whole thing in Ephesians chapter 5. Because a lot of times what we'll do is we want to read and focus on that one piece in verse 18, and do not be drunk with the wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. You need to read to verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, See that when you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine and dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Alcohol is a stimulant. It is a narcotic. It affects the brain. And people lose control when they use it. And it's the same thing with marijuana. Because marijuana is not the marijuana from the 60s. 
Marijuana, the THC levels are so high that people are getting addicted to marijuana today. That's never happened. The THC levels are, are, are up in the hundreds. And they're getting addicted to this stuff. And I don't know how you walk with God and, and know the will of God if you're drunk or high. Now, for me, it's a no-brainer. I have a conviction. Now, I can't put that conviction on you. For me, it's a no-brainer. I, I know that if I drink, Lord help y'all. Because I'll be gone. I, it'll take me forever to crawl out the bottle. I watched my brothers. It took Richie going to jail to get sober. And that, that's after an alcoholic father spent many years trying to minister to him to try to get him to stop. In Isaiah verse 5, verse 22, it says, Woe to mighty men at drinking wine. Woe to, to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink. He gives them the woe because what was happening during the time of Isaiah is they, the judges and all the people of the city were drinking and having fun. And they were doing all these bribes and all this corruption. Why? Because they were drunk. That, that, that veil was not there. They just were able to do whatever they wanted to do. You lose control. We had a, 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 I don't know if it was the congressman or the head of the house of, of Texas. He was, he was drunk. Slurring his words at the, now, either that or he was having a medical condition. But apparently they got a bar in Texas and, and Austin. Why? Many times we've seen Miss Pelosi and we know she's in the bag. We can see it. And yet all these deals are being done and the corruption is being done and the bribes are being done and it's all circled around alcohol. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. See, for me, it was never a no-brainer. I've never drunk in my life. Because I saw the effect of it. Now, that had nothing to do with Mike. It was just seeing the impact as a young kid. And, and let me tell you something. When I, when I know, what I know is my father put us in situations that we should have never been in. I drove at 12 years old. Because my father was drunk and needed to get back home. And I had two kids in the car with me, my sisters. And I, I'm not talking a little distance. I couldn't reach the pedals. And that was my dad's brilliant idea. As he says, do as I say, not as I do. Living in a beach town, my father drunk many times in that boat, was drunk driving that boat home. F 
for me, it was no brainer. I never drank. I didn't drink even as I came to Christ. I was not an alcoholic. I didn't want nothing to do with it. It's a conviction that I have. I've shared this story with y'all before. If somebody that you, I, I had somebody, we were going to meet this new pastor, and we were out in, uh, I forget the name of the town, but we were meeting the, some of the board members. And one of the guys decided, I'm going to have a drink. He had a beer right in front of me. You have to understand, I don't like alcohol at all. At all. But he does not know that. Okay? I cannot put my conviction on him. Now, if he starts becoming a drunkard, we got problems. Because you're on the board of this church. And we need to talk. Because you don't have control of your alcohol. He had one beer, that was it. But see how easy it is for us to put our convictions, what we have going on in our hearts, onto somebody else. So if you have a glass of wine in front of me, you have a beer, it's not going to bother me. I wouldn't put that conviction on you. It's my conviction. But I truly believe that when, when God gives it to somebody not to drink or not to get high or not to do those mushrooms, you already know what you're supposed to do. You need to stop asking the question, can I drink? Because you're trying to see how close you can get to the line. So here's the question I have for you. If, if I have your favorite plate, what's your favorite dish? Kirk, what's your favorite dish? What's your steak? Ribeye steak, mashed potatoes, or what you want? Baked potato. Reuben, yours? It's tacos, rice, beans, quart. Raviolis. Fried green tomatoes, anything on the side, nothing? Micah. Was it pizza lasagna? Oh, man, I would eat either one of those. Okay, now I want you to think about your favorite dish. And you go to take that first bite and your fork goes into it. And you pull out a long hair. Now, are you going to stop eating? Or are you going to try to work your way around the hair? Because that's the question you're asking. Because see, if, if you want to try to get as close to the sin, what do you do? The, the plate is defiled, right? The plate's defiled. Would you eat? I, I can't eat. I'd have to get, and Teresa's seen me. I have walked away. Once there's a hair in it, I'm done. We got nothing else to say. Give me the check. I'm out. Because I, I just can't do it. But that's what happens when we're trying to flirt with the line of, can I drink? If God's already given you the conviction, you have the answer already. The Holy Spirit's given it to you. If you're a follower of Christ, you already know. Can you have a glass of wine? Now, if you have a glass of wine and this, you, this is your glass, you, that, you know, you, you got to rethink that, right? Because that's a bottle of wine. That's not a glass of wine, right? But then we get into the, well, how many beers is too much? These are all the questions we get as pastors. That's your conviction. That's up to you. You know what your limit is. You know when you put the beer goggles on. Right? You know when you, when you start, I'm ready to, you want to go rumble in the bar? Right? You, you know. 
In Proverbs 20, verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. For me as an overseer, for me, okay, I want to make sure y'all get this, as a leader, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, nor quarrelsome, not covetous, not given to wine. Not to be a drunkard. Now, there are stories of, of, of Charles Spurgeon and, and some of the other pastors, and they would actually go have pints of beer after Sunday service. That, that was a tradition that they did. They smoked cigars, had pints of beer. Do I have an issue with that? No. Because they know what their limit is. Do I have an issue if a pastor pulls up and starts trying? I don't have a problem until it becomes a problem. And I'll tell you one of the things, even if you're a deacon, it tells you the same, same thing, not to be given too much wine. Max Licato had a problem. I don't know how many of y'all know this. In his younger years, when he was doing ministry, he shares this in his book. And he, he, you, you want to talk about getting close to the line? This is what Max did. Max was at a party for Christmas, and they had beer and wine. And some of the other people were drinking from the church, and so he decided, I'm going to have a beer. Not a problem. He had one beer. Then he decided, I'm going to go ahead and buy some and put it in the house. Had a six-pack. That was gone in a week, so he bought another one. And this went on for months. Max was at a men's conference out of town and he thought to himself I'm going to go get a six pack and have it at the, the hotel and he goes into the store to buy it and he realizes well I can't buy it here because there may be somebody from the men's conference that may see me so he drives 20 miles out of his way to go into the bar or into the, the gas station to go buy a six pack of beer and at the moment that he walks into the gas station, he realizes what, it, what has happened. This has become a sin now. It's got a hold of him now. It was something he couldn't do in front of those men. It was something that he had to hide and drive 20-something miles out of the way just to go get a six-pack of beer because he was afraid somebody from the church or somebody from the conference would see him. Now it's a problem. So, yeah, one beer is not an issue. Two beers is not an issue. But again, how close do you want to get to that line? That's on you. You know, it's, it, it's you know, the, to understand, like, in, when you read in, in Titus chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For bishops must be blameless as stewards of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine. But some of the translations actually say addicted to wine. Like, I can't go a day without having a glass of wine. Two glasses, three glasses. What happens if you, oh, I can't really deal with everything until I have my glass of wine. What happens is you're avoiding your life. And what the alcohol does is it softens everything. And then you forget stuff. You don't have to deal with stuff. That's the same thing weed does. Or mushrooms. 
Why am I talking about this stuff? Because it's a real problem. You actually have, there are actually cities in the United States that are passing out needles so you can do your heroin. That are, that are actually giving out pipes so you can do your meth. And we have zombies on the streets because they're doing this stuff. And I can tell you at some point there was a conviction for that person that they should have stopped. But it became a sin. And now they're addicted to it. So don't flirt with the sin. If you have to ask me the question and you want a definitive answer, can I drink or not? The truth is, in the Bible, you can't have wine. The truth is, in the Bible, you're not to be a drunkard. Okay? You know what that line is. Now, if I grossed everybody out and they're not going to want to eat dinner, I get all that. I mean, if you've already eaten, praise God, because I wouldn't be able to eat after that. But we're going to stop there. We're going to finish the rest of it because we have to get... This is just the first part of the sin. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So next week, what we'll do is we're going to actually finish up the remainder of the verses. And I'll probably go ahead and knock out the genealogy too. And then when we get done, we're going to answer the questions. Okay? So we'll get right out of it. At 6.30, we'll come in. We'll knock it out. We'll, we'll go right into the teaching. And, and I'll be honest with you. The nakedness and the things that happen are suggested that, that um, there's a reason Canaan was involved, the grandson. Okay? And so uh, we'll deal with all that because there's a, a Hebrew translation that says the little, little one or the littlest one. And the littlest one was the grandson, Canaan. So whether Canaan saw him naked or Canaan, we're not given that in the Bible, but we'll have to talk about that next week. Noah's life does not end well. And so what we need to do is we need to end well. We need to, how do we do that? We spend time in God's word. We actually pray and we, we fellowship and Man, we call each other out. Man, if, if there's something going on in my life that y'all think is wrong, I would rather you pull me aside. But you do it one-on-one. Because it tells you in Scripture to do what? To go to your brother or sister, what? Alone. For some reason, we forget that. Alone. Like when we get to that Scripture next week, I'm going to highlight, tell you to highlight the alone part. Because what everybody wants to do is go straight to the pastor. And you haven't even talked to your sister or your brother yet. You go to them alone. And if that doesn't work, you go with another brother or another sister with you and you talk to them. And then if that doesn't work, then the pastor gets involved. Or Reuben gets involved. Or Tony gets involved. And then we talk. But the reality of it is, is like when we look at our lives, we want to finish well. And so if I'm, man, if, if we were out and you go, you saw me with the beer, you'd freak out. I don't drink. 
and and there's a reason for that and it, and it has to just do with watching watching what it man if you've ever been around alcoholic your whole life as a child my dad couldn't go home without having a beer he had to stop at the gas station need the brown cup hey need the brown bag he needed to get ready before he got in the house because he was going to have more beers. Now my father, man, my, my kids don't know that man. They don't know the abusive, angry, violent man that my father was. They know this loving, great-grandfather that they just absolutely fall head over heels over and I love that because you know what that is that's a new creation in Christ I don't even remember most of what my dad my dad's life was it was a tough life but he grew up with alcoholics so can you drink that's a question that you and God need to answer well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 